Hey guys, this is Future Tari. I just wanted to step in and say that um, there may be a little bit of background noise in this episode. Our neighbors decided to have a little party, and so that might bleed into the recording a little bit. Um, but it doesn't detract from this great conversation we're about to have. So uh, we hope you enjoy the episode, and we hope to talk to you soon. Bye! We are rolling now. Oh, okay. Counting us down. Already? Three, Uh-oh. two, cartoons. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, books, spoken word, experience experiences things that have built us up as people and we hope to share it with each other and you the audience and we hope it builds you up we are the retrospective that is introspective getting more and more polished every day oh baby it's the polishedest it's, one, it's, it's you know, like look at this turd now it's all shiny one one day it'll be ready we'll okay. get there i think <laughs> that you are i think that you're being very mean to our intro my standards are very high sir uh-huh um today <laughs> it's like okay yeah <laughs> fuck you uh today we are talking about the dc animated series young justice uh i made lex michael watch this he had never watched it before and i keep bragging to him about it uh talking to him about how great it is and so i decided to use my platform to make him watch a cartoon that i love um, but also, it's a great piece of media. It is a great example of storytelling. Um, so let me get into the pitch. Mouth sounds. Yeah. All right. So guys, if you liked the original Teen Titans series, the one that had a lot of complex storytelling, character development, with a little bit of humor in it, then you're going to love Young Justice. It's like if... Teen Titans had a baby with the Justice League, the original Justice League series, um, and then what? You're giving me a face. Very incestuous. I mean, it's a combination of the seriousness of the original Justice League and the characters and the style of the original Teen Titans. Um, So if you, like me, uh, really enjoy animated shows especially featuring dc superheroes um and you like complex layered storytelling then this is the show for you um this is also one of the first actually serialized dc animated shows Mm -hmm. um because uh even though there were there was a, a larger thread in justice league it wasn't necessarily like you could jump in almost at any moment and then like you can go back and kind of see the revelations um but this one literally builds off of the previous episodes and you have to watch them in order in order to really get a full sense of the story um so i think that that also adds another layer to this show in that like you actually get to grow with these characters uh it is now in its third season and the characters that you start with in the first season grow and and essentially um progress in life just the way that you do so uh i started around probably the same age as they were okay um and then they are now about the same age that i am um so it's really interesting and this show debuted when 
It debuted in uh, 2010, I believe. Okay, I I I looked this up, and I'm it's eluding me at the moment. I want to say the first two episodes were 2010, and then the rest of the season was like 2011 to right. 2012. Yes, that sounds right. Uh, so I'd never seen this. Uh huh. This is a super duper beloved show by the people who uh, it is beloved by. Yes. Uh, and there was that long gap between season two and season three, and people didn't know if there was ever going to be any more, and there was a huge, huge, huge demand for it. Yeah. So they, was, didn't they launch the DC streaming service with it, or was it Titans, and then that came in later? Um, they launched it with Titans, and then essentially uh, three weeks ago, they launched uh, Young Justice, but it was one of their uh, top like selling points for that uh, platform. Got it, got it. Okay, so uh, yeah, very, very, very beloved show, and it was that fan demand that ultimately resurrected it. So uh, you are not the only person that sings this show's praises in my life. One of my oldest friends, uh, my buddy James, huge, 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 huge fan of this show, has been trying to get me to watch it for years, and for whatever reason, I had resisted. And there was no specific reason. It wasn't uh, I rejected the premise or I thought something about it looked unappealing. It just never got bumped high enough on my list. And I really like a lot of the DC animated stuff, like the Batman the Animated Series, Superman Animated Series, everything up through Justice League. But I never like I never saw the original Teen Titans, for example. Like oh. I missed I missed that completely. Yeah. Somehow missed it completely. I I was never weird. I was never much of a Teen Titans guy specifically, and not that I disliked it. Not that I I waded into those waters and found them unappealing either. But it just never grabbed me. Right. I never felt myself drawn in that direction, and I'm not sure why it is. While I was watching these first seven episodes of Young Justice, which I ended up enjoying a good deal. I was trying to figure out why I had never been drawn to Teen Titans or stories specifically about the sidekicks or the younger characters. And I still don't feel like I can fully articulate it. Maybe in this conversation, I will figure it out for myself. Yeah. But finally, now being in a position where, okay, there's a reason for me to sit down and watch these, I'm glad I did because I I get it. Already, seven episodes in, I I get it. I get what it's doing for you and for uh, my friend James and for all of the fans that love it as much as they do. And if I get it seven episodes in, I I can only imagine where it goes if it maintains the type of consistency that I'm seeing. Right. Yeah. And I think that like, and I don't know if this is specific, I don't know if this is what you feel, but I think that a lot of people's uh, barrier to entry, especially for like Teen Titans or um, Young Justice, is kind of the same reaction that even in these first seven episodes that a lot of the villains are having where it's like, it's it's not as exciting to watch these carbon copies of the characters that you already enjoy. Um, And so like, there there has to be some kind of big selling point. Whereas like, I I think that for me, the big selling point of having these shows about the like sidekicks and the and the younger people is that you know when you come to get to know superman or batman or martian manhunter they're already fully fledged they already kind of have their feet under them but you get to see these uh these younger people make mistakes and you get to see them bouncing off of one another and learning how to work as a team which is like what i feel like i go through i relate more to the characters that have to get 
to a place as opposed to the ones that are already there that are supposed to be the example I'm trying to live to. And and for all intents and purposes are godlike. Right. Even Batman in his way is fairly godlike. Oh, of course. Right. So I I um, yeah, and it could be it could be that simple. And maybe I'm way overthinking it as I am want to do, but right. but that makes a lot of sense as far as it feeling like if you don't interrogate it too much further, it feeling like yes, these are maybe knockoff versions of the characters. Why aren't we adventuring with the the heroes that we have already come to establish a relationship with? Right. But of course, there's a whole world of storytelling possibilities focusing on this younger generation that you wouldn't get with these established heroes unless you as they continue to do, reset the clock, go back, do the origin story for the thousandth, thousandth, thousandth time. Right. And speaking of that, like, last, so we, what we do on the show, if you haven't listened to many episodes, is we like to try to wrap our topics into something a little bit bigger. And so last week I was uh, inspired a little bit by our conversation about the People's Collective because something that kept coming up is this idea that like you have to jump on an idea as soon as you get it because it's so it like because there are no original ideas or when you have an original idea, someone else is going to jump on it. But like for me, the idea of um, no original ideas isn't a new concept, but I think that what keeps me creating is the idea that like, yes, there are, what, what, what do they say? There are 10 base concepts, man versus man, man versus nature, man versus blah, 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 blah. Um, and so we're all essentially spiraling or doing variations of those 10 base concepts. Um, but like what really makes a thing unique and what really makes it yours is the perspective that you bring to it because there are 7 billion people on this world and each of them have a different experience in that in the same world that we live in and so that perspective is what essentially gives flavor to the stories that you're telling yes um and so like we'll we'll explore a little bit more of that uh later but for now we're talking about young justice which is a marvel in and of itself it's it's a DC Atari. Oh, ha, ha, ha. I'm making a Atari joke. Damn. I'm trying it on. It doesn't fit well. I mean, but it felt good. It doesn't. It? This article of clothing does not breathe. Um, no. It's a little tight in the wrong places, a little loose in the wrong places. Somehow it's both hot and not hot enough. But I think it really accentuates your curves. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Oh man. Um yeah, so um was there anything that that stood out to you particularly about Young Justice compared to all these other like especially well now that you, I know that you haven't seen Teen Titans. Um I can uh use that to gauge my my views cuz I can't be like what did you think of it compared to Teen Titans but like um in the realm of DC content you've taken in. Okay, specifically in terms of animation. No, just like in general. I don't, I mean, if animation is the thing that stood out to you. Do I like it more or less than Suicide Squad? Is that what you're asking? Um, yes, that that's my specific question. <laughs> more? Oh, okay, cool. Well, good. I'm glad we settled that. Um, <laughs> and that's our conversation about <laughs> Young Justice. Yeah. Um, some, well, something I really liked is that now that I know exactly where it's going, I hadn't had a chance to really go back and watch 
a, a second time. Like I watched the first season and I, I actually, the first time I, I experienced it, I watched it week to week, just like everyone else. Yeah. Um, until I moved to LA and then I didn't have access to them. So like I only saw like half of the first season. Okay. Um, and then the second season like finally came out on Netflix probably about three years later. And I was able to really like finish the first season, see the whole second season. And then I got to wait around like everyone else for the third season to exist, whether it was going right, to not exist knowing or not. It was going to happen. And I feel um, like most people probably caught up with it on Netflix, right? Yeah. Mostly because um, like it, it was a fit. It, like it was, uh, subtly canceled in that like they made the show and they started airing it and then they were like this isn't making a, this isn't gonna sell toys so um they essentially like buried it um and i think there were actually like unaired episodes that ended up never showing on cartoon network no yes no yes cartoon network um because the the big wigs and the executives um, didn't feel like it was appealing to uh, to the market that they wanted it to. It was very big with um, with uh, female teens, and they were like, "No, we want to show this to boys." And so they were right, like, right, "We're going to cancel it." Girls don't buy toys. No, of course as you not. Know. Yes. Um, why? How? And how dare we give something that they like and, and keep it on the air? Uh, how dare? How dare? Um, For but, shame. Yeah, so fool me once, <laughs> shame on them. Yep, fool me twice, also shame on them. Totally, fool me three times, also shame on them. Yes, there is so much shame on them. And it's like you just leave that guy there because he's not stopping. Like you, you wait for him to stop and you leave on about twenty four, and then you come back like the next week. Yeah, and he's still there. He's still counting. Uh huh. And it's still shame on them. Yeah, um, you know, he's the he's the office shame generator. Yeah, he's plugged in. He just makes everybody feel bad about themselves, and it works. It yeah. really does. You just walk by, and you walk by him, and he's like mumbling shit. Like, is you really wearing that to work? Mm-hmm. Really, you gonna wear that? Can and he also like it? knows weird, intimate details about your life. Yeah, he's he's like, hey, you and Karen, really? Yeah, come on. I mean, seriously. You just got out of a marriage, bro. And you're like, damn, come on, son. Don't be calling me out like that. And he's like, look, it's my job. I'm the shame generator. He leans in and whispers into your ear, one of you can do better. Oh, no. And he just goes away. <laughs> Flapping his arm out the window like Tony Todd and Candyman. <laughs> yep. Um... But yeah, so I feel like there's a lot of rewatch value, especially when you know exactly how the seasons are going. You can see all of the the little pieces that they sneak into the episodes that build off of one another, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, especially the first two episodes um, really lay such a broad groundwork for everything that happens leading to the season finale of season one you're like holy shit like it's all there uh every little bit of um of building that they really needed to do for the like season finale is all in the first two episodes really oh yeah the groundwork is there okay um so like I think that once you get back once you get to the end of the season one go back and watch the first two you'll be like oh oh 
Oh, ho, ho. yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Just like that's how I was. Wow. That's... I was like, oh, and then I was like, whoa. And then I was like, I didn't even realize that character was in this episode. All right. That's uh, sounds pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Um, that's how good the storytelling is. So should we should we try and go through this thing? A little bit. Um, you want to go in a linear fashion, semi-linearly. I mean, we could if that's what you feel. I feel like how that's, do you feel? I feel like that's what's going to help jog my memory the most because there's a bunch of little things I keyed into. Okay, but if we're talking about the thing as a whole, I'm just going like it's. It looks nice. There's a nice fluidity to it. Okay, I don't hate any of the characters, which is great because on most animated shows, there's at least one character that I wish would go away. And yeah. not come back. Okay. For a second, I thought it was going to be Magan, and then it wasn't, and that was a big relief. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For okay, we get to the end of the first episode, and I like that already. Within the first seven, we are following up on this. Uh, I'm very curious about the Superman Superboy relationship because the moment in the second, I guess it's the second episode. Yeah. Uh, where the Justice League meets Superboy, and Superman reacts very uncomfortably and bails. That's an interesting moment because that doesn't feel like Superman, but not in the way that Zack Snyder Superman doesn't feel like Superman in a way yeah. that it feels like this is Superman, but this is a, an uncharacteristic moment for him. And I'm very curious to see where that goes. That was one of the first things that really jumped out at me and then grabbed me and pulled me in further. Yeah. And I appreciate too. Here we go. Like it's, it's happened. It's finally happening. Okay. Well, um, before you jump on that, I'm going to drop down the spoiler wall. Yes. Let's um, do that. So that maybe anyone, you should have done that already. I mean, maybe anyone who hasn't seen, uh, any young justice, uh, you know that how we feel about it in general terms. And now we're getting like, into specifics. I, f I feel like, yeah, when we get into specifics, my enthusiasm will come out in greater abundance because right. so far I've been very tepid, but I actually, I'm, I'm, the longer I sit and think about it, the more I'm remembering that I really, really enjoy. Yeah. But it'll be far easier to talk specifics. Okay. So broadly speaking, I am surprised, pleasantly surprised how many, uh, call them A-team characters, are very present in this show. Yeah. Their members of the Justice League have popped up in every episode. Uh, it's not, you know, not the A-list of the A-list villains, but we've already got, like, uh, Dr. Ivo and Amazo, which was cool. Bane showed up for a second. Mm -hmm. First episode, everybody's fighting all the ice people. Right? You guys really got, like, Mr. Freeze and yeah. Captain Cold. And was it, like, Killer Frost? Um, was that Killer Frost? I think it was Killer Frost. Or, yeah, I think it was Killer Frost. And then we had um, Iceman Jr. Iceman Jr. Yeah. Of course we did. And, and then also, too, you get really fun deep cuts. Like, I don't know the last time I saw Sportsmaster in anything. <laughs> so that was fun. Oh, yeah. He's all over this thing. Yeah? Oh, yeah. A lot of Sportsmaster? Oh, hell, yeah. He's actually really important for the first season. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, which I was like, okay, cool. We're reclaiming Sportsmaster. As, and he's cool. He's great. That's exciting. Um, or at least, at the very least, he's interesting. He's not a great person. Sure. Yeah. But he's a cool character. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get a whole Dr. Fate episode, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. And explored Dr. Fate in a way that felt super accessible and not... I've read Dr. Fate stories that I really enjoy, and I've read some that are just... That just crush me with how uninteresting I find them. Okay. And I like that they, they took a lot that I remember liking from what I have read... And then blended it into the story they were already telling. And I like the concepts that they introduced in that one. But okay, maybe we should go through linearly because I'm already feeling the train going off the rails. 
Okay. I mean, I was letting you speak as generally as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how the show works. We speak generally, then we go specific. I'm still you not know. sure how the show time? works. This is your first time playing? This is my first time listening. Oh. What do we do here? Long time, long time, <laughs> long time, uh, long time host, first time listener. Um, uh, yes. Uh, let's go. Uh, I want to treat the first two episodes as one long pilot. Yes. Um, and so uh, that is episode one and episode two, in, uh, Independence Day and Fireworks. And this is our uh, standard everybody gets together episode. Um, so it, it really starts off with everyone individually uh, hanging out with their mentor characters. So we have uh, Robin and Batman. We have Speedy and uh, Green Arrow. We have Aquaman and Calder, who is an a... Uh, original character for Young Justice, which was later introduced into comics. Okay, I was wondering because I, I'm familiar with there being an Aqualad, but I didn't recognize this fellow in particular, so that tracks. Yeah, um, which I like because one, he black, which tight. Um, also, that gets um, in second season that becomes his his like original character arc. Um, allows them to play with his origins and they do it really well um second season is fantastic uh with his character um but uh and then we also have uh flash and kid flash and they're all fighting their individual ice uh villain counterparts uh yes Uh, oh yeah i'm just i'm just chuckling at all the ice people oh yes Iceman jr Mm mm-hmm he just wanted some attention I'm uh, trying to I'm trying to remember what I saw I saw the design for Iceman Jr. and it reminded me of something very specific and I still can't figure out what it is. Um I mean he has a very like he reminds me of um uh, what is the character in well he reminds me of an ice giant uh like like from, the frost giants from Thor. Uh, yeah, frost giants from Thor. Okay. Um he also reminds me of the um the ice titan in hercules that might be it yes i think Um, it might be the ice titan in hercules yes because they both are very lanky they both have the icicles things so yeah they look all pokey and whatnot right um so we solved a mystery we are the greatest detective fuck you batman we are we are batman (laughs) um and so uh i really like these intros to these characters because they essentially are like here are your main Four, but they also establish that like these four characters um, before this is before they even decided to be their own team. They were being inducted into the uh, into the Justice League or so they thought, but they were still um, keep being kept at arm's length. Yes. Uh, which Speedy takes great offense to. Of because course. he knows he knows that uh, the, the Justice League Watchtower is orbiting the Earth. Yeah. He knows that all they're being shown is the Hall of Justice, which is just sort of a front for tourists. Yeah. And he's very, very prickly about it. Right. Uh, he feels a lot like Jason Todd to me so far. Oh, does he? Quite a bit. Okay. I wonder if he was somewhat... Because, like, I know that they specifically... Um, when they were deciding who the main team was going to be, um, they wanted it to be separate from, like, what the original... Um, like Young Justice slash Teen Titans were, which um, is that what informed the switch in Robins? Because yes. normally Teen Titans, Robin is Tim Drake, right? And this is Dick Grayson. Yes, 
And so that's that's uh, why they chose Dick Grayson is they wanted to make sure that they were creating their own um, their own mythology and they wanted to separate it. So I imagine that they were like, you know what? We need kind of that Jason Todd feel. So why don't we because like I don't necessarily feel like that's a that's how Speedy is. I feel like Speedy's a lot more light and, uh, you know, he was addicted to heroin for a while. I mean, you know, before that. And and Roy Harper uh, on Arrow had the uh, the Murakuru madness for a minute, yeah, which made him surly. But that's not canon, you it's, know. Uh, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's Arrowverse canon. canon. Yo, Alicity is Endgame, dog. Okay, all right, get off my <laughs> podcast. All right, guys, this is uh, missing out with Tari only. Um, we don't we don't do no sh- no no Alicity shipping here. It's it's Barry and Fel- Felicity forever. Um, Bearlicity. <laughs> um, uh, bears. Felicity. Whatever. What's your ship name for? <laughs> anyway, um, there's a there's a big contingent on the internet that'll come after you for trying to tear Elicity down. I'm sure. Will come at me. I'm not. I'm not amongst them. But I don't think I'll save you. I don't think I could. That's true. I mean, it's fine, guys. Do 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 what you need to do. Just know that they're not a great couple, and they should have broke up. They should have stayed broken up after they got divorced. But um, or Tari, they're both such attractive people. Uh huh. I'm attracted. I'm attractive. It doesn't mean I should be with other it, like it's the next attractive person I see. Are you sure? Yeah. What if you only know like five people that aren't trying to kill you? Um. Well. Then I'll be with one of those other five people, I guess. No, that's what I'm saying. Like that's 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 the position Oliver Queen finds himself in. He really only knows in his town. He really only knows about five people that aren't actively trying to kill him. So, and one of them's his sister. Right. So, so he should date his sister. You're saying that is not at all what I'm saying. It sounds like you're saying he should totally date his sister. No, you you took that. You definitely took that there. You were like, oh man, this city. (laughs) Uh, I'm just saying. That uh, Oliver Queen and Felicity are a bad couple. They don't compliment each other. And I and we here at Missing Out are all about healthy romantic relationships. Yeah. We don't believe in um, in the classic romance tropes that are usually signs of an unhealthy relationship. And oftentimes the result of manipulation. We're not about that. We are about healthy relationships where two people uh, support each other, compliment one another, and are able to work through hard times without having um, world-ending hissy fits. Oliver Queen. Speak for yourself. Some attractive person's going to come sweep me off my feet without any effort on my part because I deserve it. Oh, yeah. You're, you, you're some, <laughs> some nerd dude writing your own story. Ooh, yeah. You're a surrogate for your own bullshit. A, a Gary Sue, if you will. <laughs> I'm Oliver Queen. <laughs> this, um, uh, look, I, I don't want to throw too much shade at Stephen Amell because he could probably beat both of us up. Probably, I, I like this Green Arrow more. This uh, Young Justice Green Arrow because he feels far more like the Green Arrow. I, St- Stephen Amell, Stephen Amell, I think does a great job. Given that where they started that show, he didn't get to be Green Arrow. They wanted him to be Batman. Right. So that's the character they created for the show. So that's. He's still a version of that character. This Green Arrow feels like, okay, we're starting with the Green Arrow from the comics, and this dude isn't so mad about everything all the time. Right. 
I just feel like they gave him a chance to be, uh, a, they gave him a chance to like let it all go, and then they just keep. It's like Magneto in all of the um, X Men prequels, where they're like, "You just can't be happy. You're not good when you're happy." It's like the opposite of the Snickers commercials, where they're like, "You're you're not you when you're hungry," but it's like you're not you when you're hungry, and so they have uh, they have to keep making him mad at the world by like killing people he loves so if he ate a snickers his family would be alive yeah snickers are magic odd messaging in this this episode is sponsored by snickers bring your family back with snickers Snickers. um no uh but this isn't a arrow (laughs) podcast we're talking about young justice you walk by the office shame machine and it whispers lay off the snickers (laughs) And you like look at your body and it's like, I'm not even, oh my God. And you cover up and you just start crying. Oh no. I don't like this off a shame machine. To be, I mean, look, realistically it is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Yeah. But like, you know, someone should update its shame parameters. We don't body shame anymore. It's that's not a thing. It's resistance training because it's gonna, it, the world is going to be so hard for you in that office trying to get work done, being shamed constantly for every conceivable thing. Your job would be easier if you were smarter. Things like that, right? Constantly. So that when you go out into the rest of the world and that's not happening, it will be so much lighter by comparison. That's Maybe. how that works. Okay, <laughs> that's, sure. That's how internalizing shame works. Yep, that's how it works. Oh, man. It, it definitely won't create a, a stable complex in you that will take years and years to unlearn. And, oh, and when boy. it's everybody, that definitely spells good things for society at yep, large. Definitely. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. So if you want your very own shame bot, call the missing out hotline. <laughs> yep. What's that number? Five. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, nine seven eight miss out. <laughs> nine seven eight miss out for your own personal shame bot. We will return your phone call and make you feel real bad about yourself. Just leave your name and something you're insecure about, and we'll go to town. We'll just fucking go to town. <laughs> if you're not crying by the end, your money back guarantee. <laughs> And if you donate in the top tier, we will come to your house and shame your entire family in person. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be like a full roast. It's gonna you know be like uh, it's gonna be like the 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 purge where we show up in the masks. Yeah, we break in. Right, but we've it's not violence, not guns, it's not knives or anything. We just weaponize shame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we shame your doors, and they they fly off their hinges. We shame them so hard. Oh hell yeah! And then we like hand you each an apple, and we're like, put this in your mouth because you' about to get roasted. At that point, at least half the room is crying. Yeah, of That's, course. We haven't even started yet. Oh, yeah. It's the fear of uh, us being in the house in the first place. Of course. That does it. Yeah. And they feel oddly compelled. Like, they feel like we don't, there's no weapons of any kind. We just tell them to do it, and they do it because they're already feeling ashamed. Right. We have a powerful presence that really has, it really allows people to follow the things that we tell them to do because, you know, we're just so commanding. So commanding. And if you do donate in the top tier and we do come to your house, obviously we have to go home eventually and we will leave you with your very own brand new shame bot. Yay. You can also buy them pre-owned and refurbished. Although the pre-owned refurbished ones do have even more archaic shame parameters. They're a little racist. Yeah. And very weird about sex stuff. 
Like, don't even have sex with it in the room because it will. Oh, it remembers everything. Yep. Then it'll be like, are you married? (laughs) Do your parents know about this? And it's like, no, come on, man. Is this for procreation or is this for uh, for pleasure? Because we don't do that in this house. And it's like, this is my house. (laughs) Um, Anyway, I'm bringing it back to Young Justice. Um. I wanna, I wanna also want to give a shout out to Jesse McCartney who does uh, the voice of Robin. Yes. Uh, he he's he was also Roxas in uh, Kingdom Hearts two and three. Blah 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 over two days. Okay. Um, and all subsequent like he's uh, he is a voice actor now and he's great. Um, and he does a really good job. I like his Robin a lot. Um, there's also this thing that Robin does which makes me laugh. Which, like, he does the Batman thing of just, like, disappearing randomly. Sure. Um, but every time he does it, there's, like, a little laugh in the background where it's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> just like, why? Why would you do that? Because um, it's funny. It, I guess. Yes. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I like that even Robin, who, like, he's got the whole thing about he won't tell anybody's real name, right, when we meet him. And yeah. He's very, he's a lot more Batman esque when we first meet him, as far as kind of how he's carrying himself before he starts lightening up a little bit after you know hanging out with the team. Yeah. Um. But I like that he's still, he's still a kid about a lot of it. Uh huh. And he gets a genuine kick out of it, which that that is part and parcel of the classic Batman Robin relationship, where he is the light that complements Batman's dark, and that's. Very, you know, very famously, there are stories where, say, like when Jason Todd gets murdered, Batman flies off the rails, and that's why Tim Drake steps in because he re- he figures out who Batman is and realizes, oh, you're not who you were without Robin. You need Robin in your life so that you don't go too far into the darkness. Right. So I like that there, without diving too far into that explicitly, that Robin is still light, is still having fun while employing all of the tricks that Batman taught him. Right. Um, I would say that like, for me, Robin is the highlight of this show. Um, I mean, like I love all the characters, but I feel like he has the best interactions with everyone. He's the most natural feeling character within the world that they've created, especially his friendship with, um, kid flash, I think is very genuine and, and, and organic, especially the, the way that he gives him so much shit every time he hits on Megan, which is right. always super gross and cringy. And I'm glad it goes away. It does. Um, okay. Yes. Um, Cause it's gross and I hate it. It's, it's, um, it's skeezy. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Wally West needs to learn to respect his female teammates as people and right. not as pretty things. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, I, and I get why it's there, because like that is that is a very classic Wally West thing to be kind of a womanizing pervy dude. He's a little bit of the the Johnny Storm, right? In that regard, um, and so it's I think that like I I assume that the writers wanted to keep a piece of that, but not make this fifteen year old kid be like slobbering over every girl he sees. Right. So they like focus it in on one crush. Um, that they can kind of have everyone like roll their eyes at, you know right. what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and I do like, uh, especially once Artemis shows up, we start piling a lot of shit onto Wally, right? Which he had earned already at that point, less yeah. than seven episodes in, he had started earning the shit pile that gets poured on him. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, because he's he's the most vocal about his like everything. He just doesn't stop talking. He really doesn't, and it's always just like bullshit. Um, and so I like, and I also like uh, that Artemis is able to give him as much shit as she is, especially off the bat because he's so combative towards her because he just it feels like he's just wants it to be his boys club with with uh the original three and speedy um but she's like no i'm i'm a contributing i saved your life like i am a capable person also you're garbage right i hate you it's wonderful yeah um it's really nice like i i really like their dynamic and i also like that everyone's super thirsty for uh for uh Superboy. Yes. They're like the thirstiest. Yeah, he's he's super broody. Uh yes. Which is which you know like uh, isn't that a thing right for for young people and it's not just young girls. I think it's a thing for young boys too as far as maybe what they are into in others but also what they might aspire to be themselves that super broody semi-mysterious thing where yeah. it's like you've got to be figured out and maybe you're troubled and maybe I can help fix you etc cetera, etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh-huh. Plus he's super handsome. Right. Well, yeah, he's like... He reminds me of Angel. Oh, yeah. Like David Boreanaz's Angel, a little bit. Okay, I could see that. I mean, I've never seen Angel. Um, Have you ever watched Buffy? I've seen the first episode, and I've seen, like, the last season. Um, it's it's, a, it's hard to explain. Wild. Um, so, it's a good show. Uh, yeah, I hear a lot of great things about it. I started watching after it switched networks from... Um, whatever it was, it was originally on, uh, on I think WBDUPN. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I started watching from that point on cause everyone loved it and it was so popular. Um, and then later I tried to watch it, uh, from the beginning and I was like, I can't, it's slow. It's slow at the beginning. I know it gets great, but like it was slow and I didn't have the patience for it. It takes about a season and a half to get as good as it becomes. Yeah. It's real good. I, mean, I get yeah. it though. Who who has the time? Plus, like, not for nothing. If you wanted to do Buffy and Angel, which is how I honestly would recommend doing it, that's t- combined twelve seasons worth of stuff. That's Woof. that's it's a commitment. Yep, it's a lot. It it is very very rewarding. Yeah, very rewarding. The highs of the two combined shows are as high as anything that I've seen on TV. Yeah, it's a big old commitment. But anyway, Angel reminds me of Superboy a little bit, and vice versa. Yeah. No. That's bullshit. Superboy reminds me a little bit of Angel. Angel does not remind me of Superboy at all. No. Angel never goes, and just starts wrecking things. He does, actually. Oh, well, well he's, there you he's go. a vampire with a soul. And if he experiences a moment of perfect happiness, he's been cursed by gypsies, you see. And yes. he'll lose his soul and become evil again. Ah. Spoilers. Okay. That happens once or twice. Got it. It happens like five times. Okay. But uh, yeah, he, he does. He trashes some stuff up. Nice. Yeah. Um, I remember the first episode meeting Superboy differently than it happened. Um, what do you mean? Because well, they break into Cadmus. Yes. I remember them breaking into Cadmus. I feel like I remember it just being Superboy wordlessly jumping around, smashing things until they subdue him. Um, but that wasn't what it was. It wasn't. Um, it was a lot more nuanced and interesting. <laughs> Um, so maybe there's a later episode where, oh, actually I think there is a, a, there's another episode where I think that is what happens. 
Um, I mean, a couple of times I remember him yelling and slamming his fist into stuff. Right. He has an anger problem. He sure does. Like it's a it's a it's a thing that he wrestles with for a long time. To be fair, it seems like his. Uh, I mean, he's made in part from Superman's DNA. So yeah. in a way, Superman would be his progenitor. And his progenitor seems to reject him completely, which would hurt any kid's feelings. Yeah. I love that we spend a whole episode. I think that is episode um, five. Episode five, we spend initially like Superman and Superboy, like rescue the people on the same bridge. And then Superman still gets real weird and is like, I'll see I've got to, I got to go. I'll see you later. Bye. And um, after like scolding him a bit and then he just fucking leaves. Oh, right in front of him. He's like, yeah, what's the mission? No, no, I'm definitely available. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. He's right there. Right. That's rude. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea of Superman being weirded out by, um, by like his clone son. Um, it really, cause it it gives another side to super. I know it like I know that classic Superman would just be like, well, it's a new life, and we got to take care of this new life, and I'll show him what it takes. Um, but I also like the idea of him being like, oh no, I never wanted kids, and now we have this, and he's a teenager. He's he's past the point where he's cute. Oh no, <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, I but but it doesn't feel. Like I said, it feels like an uh, an out of character moment, but that is that that feels without having that resolved yet. Yeah, it feels contextualized. I, I buy it. It feels out of character for Superman in the story. You know what I mean? Not out of character on a meta level. Yeah. So I I also um, kind of just going back because we 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 talked a little bit about uh, episode one and two where they break into Cadmus and get fully formed by like um uh essentially once they complete that mission they are like we're gonna do it whether you want whether you want us to be a, our own people or not and then the league is like all right fine we'll facilitate this just so you're not ruining things for us right um uh and so like i like that and i also like that like once we get to i believe it's episode four maybe five or six where like Speedy comes in, or no, it's the exact next episode. They talk to Speedy while they're on their mission, um, and they're helping him like defeat. Um, I think it was Brick, uh, and they're like, you know, it's great. We have our own place. We can do all these things. And he's like, no, nah, dude, it's still control. You're still under the thumb of the League, and you're still being uh, being held at arm's length. Like it's no different. They've just made it feel like you're free you right know? yes um and i like that alternate view on on it because like it's it's kind of true in that they spend a lot of time just dicking around yes um and it takes i want to say like four no it takes five episodes until they actually start getting trained and it takes uh till episode four when they have their first mission for them to actually like go on their first mission and like appoint a leader yeah, I liked this episode, too. I liked how you're seeing the team start to cohere without 
the Justice League needing to go, okay, here's how you do this, and here's how you talk to each other, and play nice, everybody, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I like that they can all bicker, and their personalities can clash, but they really do already, on their own, start to come together as a team. Mm-hmm. And I like this first mission a whole bunch, because we like Bane shows up, and I think this is where Sportsmaster comes in, Yeah, and you get, you know, uh, it's a storyline about like the struggle for control of Venom, essentially, but then you get... Uh, a uh, little bit later, this idea of combining the blockbuster formula with Venom, and where can I buy that? Uh, you want to become a monster forever? Heck yeah. Um, I that mean, looks rad. That dude can pick up cars and shit. Yeah, but it, his his arm also like... I would do was, MMA. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I think you just go to the dark web, you know? Just get on that dark web and be like, guys, I, want, I need some Venom with a little bit of blockbuster. And they'll be like, Blockbuster went out of business years ago. And you'll be like, not that kind of Blockbuster. And they're like, oh, do you need Viper Venom? And they're like, no. <laughs> they literally send me a vial of uh, like VHS, t- like roll VHS tape unrolled uh-huh. and snake Venom. And I drink it and die instantly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I th- <laughs> that'll work. <laughs> you'll look just like that monster. Yep. Um. But, <laughs> but I like it. I like it. And I like, again, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I like that we're given a lot of the A-list time on screen. But I also like that we're doing a bunch of deeper cuts like Sportsmaster, like Blockbuster, like Cobra. I yeah. like that Cobra shows up in this. Right. Um, the, the Serpent Society or whatever, right? Isn't think, that what they are? I think Serpent Society is... Are they different? I think Serpent Society is a Marvel thing, actually. No. I think it is, but they're basically never... the same. Right. Just like they explicitly refer to Dr. Fate as the Sorcerer Supreme. Right. I mean, yeah, there are always like one-to-ones between Marvel and DC. Remember what you were saying about how there's no such thing as an original idea, but what makes it unique is what you bring to it specifically? Yeah. Case in point. Exactly. Also, like, like I, I, sorry, sidebar, on that note, I first started thinking about that concept through the prism of Shakespeare. Oh, because really? Because there are... There, Hundreds of years now, countless productions, countless adaptations uh, on every, you know, on TV, on the stage, on film. And it's always, you can abridge it, you can do a shorter version. Yeah. But it's the same text every time. Mm-hmm. And what makes any given production noteworthy is what isn't on the page. It is right. what the production, what the cast, what the direction brings to it. Yeah. And I like even just staying on the idea of like Shakespeare. Um, I don't know how you feel about 10 Things I Hate About You. I, I barely remember it enough to have it, an opinion. Oh, it's fine. I like I, I like it a lot. And, and if you didn't know, it's a retelling of Shakespeare's um, uh, Taming, of the, Taming of the Shrew, um, which I, I like to use that that, conte- that that context for like how you can take uh, an idea that exists and essentially introduce the modern storytelling techniques modern setting modern perspectives and implement it to become something else that like other people can connect to like some people don't feel like reading iambic pentameter some people don't feel like being like what's it true some people just like to watch um the proto joker doing his thing with um the season four villain of dexter no season six villain of dexter what Um, (laughs) What was the last Ledger part? And, got um, it, got it, got it. Uh, he, and uh, I forget her name. Julia Stiles? Yes. He she wasn't the, and she was in Stiles. season five of Dexter. Yes. She wasn't the villain, though. It's, I mean, you know, whatever. I, I, I just well actually do about Dexter. How, how do you, feel? you How do you feel? 
on your own show, no less. I mean, well, technically, it's our show, so, <laughs> so it's fine. It's yours and and mine, but yours. Right. Okay. Um, I come I, in here, I disrespect you on your home turf. Right. I like that you're specifically being like, it's yours, so you can feel more disrespected. <laughs> yes. Shame bot. <laughs> <laughs> I have been hanging out with the shame bot too much. Oh, man. You're a monster. Um, okay. Sidebar of sidebar. How how do you feel about Shakespeare? Are you into it? Not really a thing? Um, I I never really explored Shakespeare outside the realm of what I was required to take in in school. Yeah. Um, like, I like Shakespeare, and I've been outside the Rose Theater, and, like, I've, I've like, I've, I have a manga version of Macbeth. What? Um, I'll let you borrow it if you, if you ever want to check it out. I do. Um, but, uh, but, like... I've never gone out of my way to take in Shakespeare outside of what I needed to for like some purpose. Oh, bitch. I'm going to make you watch Kenneth Branagh's four hour Hamlet. Oh, yeah. It's if you've got four hours, it's pretty good. Oh, cool. I mean, I'll give you I'll give you an abridged one. I'll give you like an abridged modern. I'll give you you know what? Uh, In between his two Avengers movies, Joss Whedon brought a bunch of friends over to his house and shot a version of Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, yes. That's pretty short. Right. I'll I'll make you watch that. I, I really dig Shakespeare a whole bunch. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely respect the dude and I've I, like a lot of the things I enjoy are very specifically um, influenced by his creations. Right. Like if you've ever watched Gargoyles, Shakespeare is fucking all over it. Really? Yeah, dude. I think we established on a much earlier episode of this show that I mostly missed Gargoyles. Like it was definitely on my television screen. Yeah. Often, but I don't think I internalized any of it. Right. I just remember the big purple dude and a smaller brown guy that's gangly and looks like a stick. Small brown. It's also possible that's not a gargoyle. Okay. And my memory is that flimsy in regards to the show. Right. I mean, maybe you're talking about his friend. Okay. But like um, <laughs> the, the character Puck um, is a reoccurring character From in Gargoyles. Midsummer. Yes. Okay. Like he's a, he's a reoccurring character. Um, and uh, there are uh, specific times where like things that are, um, I'm trying to remember because there's during the Avalon arc, there are times when they specifically go into the realms that were talked about in Shakespeare's um, it's Shakespeare's stories. Like it's, it's real deeply entrenched in there. Okay. I mean, it's also like Arthurian lore and like uh, Nordic, Nord, not Nordisk, um, Nordic lore as well. Like, it's all just a mishmash of things, but, like, Shakespeare's all over it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, you, I'm going to make you do some Shakespeare. Okay. We're going to go. It's public domain. We could just go hang out downtown Los Angeles and start doing it on a street corner and nobody could sue us. <laughs> oh, you're going to make me do Shakespeare? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. No, it's been a while, but I feel like I could, I could, I could do some. I've done Shakespeare before. Oh, have you? I have. I used to do, like, when I was living... On the East Coast, I would do a bunch of theater. So I did, I did um, King Lear, and I did uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Ooh, nice! Yeah, um, I didn't really need to share that, I guess. But I want to make you do it. I mean, it's important. Is People it? need to know your connection with Shakespeare. Do they? Yeah. Oh, also, Macbeth is a reoccurring character in Gargoyles. What? Yeah. 
You didn't know? And no. the Three Witches, also a, a reoccurring character in Gargoyles. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, I'm also going to make you watch Throne of Blood, which is Akira Kurosawa's adaptation of Macbeth. Oh, really? It's really good. Ooh, I want to watch that. I want to be Toshiro Mifune when I grow up. I know <laughs> that's probably problematic to say, but he rules. Ruled. Is he dead? Yeah. Oh, no. Like, how dead? I mean, pretty, pretty dead, I think. Like in the way that everyone dies at the end of Hamlet. Spoilers for Hamlet. Um, I mean, I guess more the way everybody dies at the end of Macbeth. Because that's the one he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's the one. Yeah. He uh, he died in ninety seven, so he's he's pretty dead. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Then you can be the new him. Sound? You've got my blessing here on my show. You got it. It's me. Do him giving you the blessing. So anyway, uh, Shakespeare is great. Speaking of other stuff that's great, you know who I really like on this show so far? Who? Red Tornado. Do you know why I like Red Tornado? Why do you like Red Tornado? Because they keep going to Red Tornado like, Red Tornado, do you have a mission for us? And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, that's not my job. I'm only here to babysit you. Uh, and I like that they keep going back to him, even after he makes explicitly clear that that is not what he's there to do. Right. He can't do that, even if he were so inclined. They just, they keep, they keep at it. Yeah. And I like his placement there in that, like, and, and Robin says it, the worst way in that like he's a heartless robot but like he he's letting they're they they have him there just to like do any logistics that they need for like their stay but like for the most part they're allowed to just have free reign and and figure things out for themselves um and i like that they didn't put someone there who's gonna be more inclined to like step in if needed no like if someone dies on their mission, it's because someone messed up. Right. You know? like, or more inclined to bend the rules at all. Because right. as we saw in the very first episode, they weren't really, they agreed they weren't going to tell the sidekicks about the Watchtower. Yeah. And Green Arrow was just like, I don't know, I sort of told him. Yeah. He's mad now because I told him some shit I shouldn't. <laughs> He's super surly. He quit. It's my fault, really. I, I mean, failed this city this time. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> But it's everyone's fault. Like, why would you even be like, today's the day, guys. You get to go into where the stupid public can go. It's it's psychologically weird. It's confusing and potentially damaging. Like, these are all damaged people to begin with. Like, right. like Dick Grayson's parents died in front of him. Yeah, he doesn't need this. He doesn't. He doesn't need to be gaslit by his guardian. I mean, I'm sure it was Batman's idea. They were. Everyone was like, let's just make them league members. And he was like. Nah, let's fuck with them. We're just yeah, we're gonna let them in the, in the main area. They can read our fucking books. <laughs> Superman's like Jesus, Bruce. Uh, speaking Don't of question uh, my methods. Speaking of Guardian, it was nice to see him pop up. Yeah, he doesn't get he prior to Supergirl on the CW. I feel like Guardian did not really get too many moments to shine in. Well, frankly, any medium. Yeah. I forgot that he was in the show prior to season three. Oh, okay. So he comes back. He does. Um, and so when I saw him in season three, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I guess also because I don't think I knew who the Gar who Guardian was before Jimmy was right. the Guardian. Um, and so I think that like when he showed up in Young Justice, I was just like, Meh. Whatever, just a guy who does security. Right. Um, and then 
seeing him later, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then when you get when when you get to that part, you're like, my brain is exploding. You mean when he comes back? Um, yes. Well, I guess watching it and then watch going back in retrospect, my brain is exploding. Got it. Um, because it's it's a lot. There's a lot. A lot happens. Okay. There's a lot. It sounds like a lot happens. It's a lot. It's a lot that happened already. Yeah. Um, I like, I want to tell you everything that's going to happen. Um, if or it, I guess I just want to talk to you about everything that happens because it's so good. If it helps, I am probably going to continue watching this, even though I very much do not have time to do so. Um, I mean, look, it's only 20 episodes for the first season. And then I think like... 20 episodes for the second season or 26 episodes for the second season. And then we're only 12 episodes into the third season. So like, and aren't they splitting it up now? Isn't that they did 12 or something and they're not coming back with another 12 for another few months. I think so. So, Um, and and the fact that I got through a third of the first season in a single sitting means I can power through this pretty fast. And honestly, I really, I dig a lot what I'm seeing so far. Good. It feels like if I picked up this comic book on a shelf this is the exact version of the comic book I would want it to be. Yeah. Because um, it's amazing. Well, because it gives me everything that I want that I was a little concerned I wouldn't get in this show. Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. It was all of it because it feels like we're... I was worried that we'd be telling stories specifically about the sidekicks and they would feel pocketed off from the rest of the DC universe. Right. But what they're doing here is no, no, this is, you get everything Mm -hmm. and this is them trying to find their place within it. Right. And that's what I, that's why I like this show a little bit more than I like Teen Titans, which is just that where like, feels a little bit, it's it's very separated. Like it's just the Titans. You never get any other heroes with, the exception of in the second season of Teen Titans where you get um, the Doom Patrol. Okay. Um, but like that's way deep into it. Um, and you they they don't even mention like sl- like Slade Wilson is the main villain of Teen Titans. Right. And they never mention him by his like actual name. They only call him Slade, not like Deathstroke. Kill, kill, kill poop. Um, yes. Kill touch. Kill touch. Mr. Violence doer. <laughs> the shame bot. Um, so that's, that's also why I really like teen Titans or not teen Titans. I like, uh, young justice. It, it, it is appealing to both kids and adults. Like it never talks down to its audience. Yes. It feels like so far we're operating on a pretty high level as far as storytelling. Yeah. And especially like once you get to season three, because it is on this online platform and it's not on broadcast, like they They say fuck. Um, oh, yeah. Every time, every day. Um, Graphic nudity. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoking um, cigarettes. Like uh, Dick, Dick Grayson's like, this is why they call me Dick. And he just whips it out and he's like, fuck, yeah. And does it like a, a dick helicopter. He's like, I call it Tim Drake. <laughs> And everyone in the room is really uncomfortable. Of course, as except they like be. like Magan and Artemis are like, I don't get it. But everybody else is horrified <laughs> at the at the bizarre, uh, potentially uh, Freudian implications. Right. Of course. Um, no, it's because they can uh, they can they can tell more adult stories. And now, like your main characters are adults. Like your 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 
previous, like your season one characters are now the mentors does he, of the newer teams. Okay. Does he, he transition to Nightwing at some point? Yes. Awesome. Um, and so like now they can, they can kind of dive in and they all, they, they also are able to tell darker stories. Um, like even like, I know that first season of Teen Titans is fairly dark and they call it out in the first episode when you meet the light where they're like the Justice League are using kids now and someone's like ooh that's pretty dark um and it's true because they're now kind of child soldiers um but like they they're now you actually get to see like kids get murdered and you're like fuck wow in in like graphic detail Whoa. um like someone gets their face melted off in the first episode of season 3 is and it you someone like I, I know? There, maybe. Do you know them at that know. point, or is it just some rando? I don't know. I can't tell you is anything. Kite man. I literally can't tell you anything. Is it um, what is it? Quilt Captain Quilt, the Quilt guy. It's Condiment King. Okay, <laughs> I find you. You fried it out of me. No. Um. But yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Intriguing. Uh. Yeah. I. I really because something the thing that like really. I think speaks to me or one of the other things that really speaks to me is that like something that anime does is, is your characters also grow with you. Like when you started with Goku and Dragon Ball, um, he was a kid just like me. I was probably about the same age he was at that time. And then like, by the time you get to the end of Dragon Ball, like he's a teenager. Mm -hmm. And by the time you start Dragon Ball Z, like he's in his twenties, he's an adult. And like, by the time that you get to where you are now, like, Bulma, who was also a teen when you started, is in her 50s, and she has kids and, like, all that stuff. Like, anime characters grow with you in the same way that, like, this show has allowed its characters to not only grow as characters, but also, like, it allows them to, like, take on new roles and let a new generation come in. And, like, there's a lot of really nuanced storytelling that is captivating Especially if you're an adult. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's working for me on a number of levels. Yeah. Both both being engaged fully in the narrative and then also on a meta level. There are a whole bunch of little things that I caught. For example, I, I think it's interesting that uh, so Artemis is a plant, right? She's she's been sent by the league. That's what it sounds like. Mm. Right. So well, I mean, we kind of hit that, right? But I like that the league they they call them the League of Shadows which I don't think was a thing pre-Batman Begins. Uh-huh. The story of which necessitated a name change because in the story they were telling, highly unlikely Bruce Wayne would join a group called the League of Assassins. Right. But I, I find it interesting that that's what they went with for this show. The other thing on a meta level that really jumped out at me, it might be from the same... It's episode four. The end of episode four where they're talking to the light. Uh-huh. So I guess is this mysterious council of uh, bad guys pulling the strings. Right. Or presented as such. Who knows? Could be a Wizard of Oz thing. Like, Could be like one person. Could be Mr. Mixus Pitlick. We don't know. Right. But they're talking about how they realize this, this team that's an offshoot of the Justice League is actually potentially a threat that has to be dealt with. And the line is, once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, and the third time is enemy action, which is a good line. It's a line that they lifted from the novel Goldfinger by Ian Fleming. Oh, really? Yes. And I, I was like, oh, my God, I know that line. And I went back and I looked just to see if it was, you know, if I could find a reference for it pre-1957 when Fleming wrote that novel. Couldn't. So that's funny. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's I did not know that at all. Yeah, it's uh, one of the less problematic lines in that book. <laughs> Those, I don't know if you ever read a James Bond novel, folks, but they're... Whew, 
There's good lines like that in them. Oh, cool. They're also racist. Yeah, probably. Yep. No, no, Um, no, not probably. They're pretty racist. Yeah. Great. Cool. But they have lines like that. Yeah. So no, that was that was very fun. Yeah. Because you hear you see James Bond referenced in popular media ad nauseum, and you have over the past several decades, as long as we've been alive, certainly. Yeah. Very rarely do I hear the books referenced directly, let alone quoted. Right. So that was um, fun. Yeah, that was a show acknowledging that they're like, we're also racists. Hey guys, we're racists. Notice how everyone's white on this fucking league except for Calder. Yeah, eat a dick. They did put Calder in charge. That's true. Until they kill him. They're like, look at him. Look, at we're putting him in charge so we can kill him and piss on his family. <laughs> fucking black, black person. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Just kidding. The show would never do that. It's great. <laughs> and everyone amazing. in the room's like, Jesus Christ, Green Lantern. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Um, uh, <laughs> and then Hal Jordan, who just got done saying that, looks over his left shoulder and John Stewart's just standing there looking super pissed. <laughs> you want to be in lead, too? You want to be in front, bitch? It's, just, it's, like, it's like World War, I think it was like World War II, where they were like, yeah, 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 we're going to put the black people in front. We're going to make sure that they're the first ones to take the fucking, take the, the the bullets, and then we'll come in and swoop and take out the enemy. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, classic Justice <laughs> they're League. They're like, holy crap, Hawkman. <laughs> it turns out, we find out, like, putting, putting Calder in a position of leadership revealed that far more of the League is super racist than we would have thought. Yep. Um, that's why you never see. That's why you never see Martian Manhunter in his human black form, because he's like, I knew that they were all racists, and so I had to shield who I truly am from them, which is an old black man. Oh man, I hate that we're doing this. I hate every bit of this bit. Um, I would argue you are perpetuating it more aggressively than I am. Oh man. Um, so we, we have to wrap up. Is there any last thoughts you have before we go? Um, I dig it a bunch. Like I, I am very pleasantly surprised. I feel like, um, maybe a year or two ago, I tried to watch the first couple episodes and I clearly was not in the right frame of mind to key into it. Yeah. So now having an actual purpose to sit down and focus on it while I'm watching, I am, I'm into it. I'm into it. This is, I have not really kept up with some of the more recent, DC animated stuff. Yeah. It, it, it just lost me at a certain point. And I, it feels a little bit stiff to me. Most yeah. of it. This is the DC animated show that I wish they were doing more things like. So I'm very excited that it exists and I'm, I'm kicking myself slightly that it took me so long to jump in. Uh, but I, I like it uh, a lot. Yeah, I mean, and you picked a really good time to get into it, especially because you you you're on that uh, DC Universe uh, app. Yeah, I got it to try it out. One because I I figured maybe I'd watch Young Justice eventually, but also because they're doing a Swamp Thing show. Right, and so now that you have it, all the episodes are available there. Um, the new episodes have it. been launching. Um, so like, if you guys have a chance, like I would say. If you haven't watched Young Justice, check it out. Um, I mean, DC Universe is only like 
eight dollars a month. Eight bucks a month. Um, so it's not too bad. Um, or you could also just do like a, I think it's a thirty day free, uh, free trial and binge the whole thing that way. And then you'll be like, oh damn, this is so good. I'm gonna just keep my subscription because I'm because it's so good. Um, have you ever? Uh, sorry, sidebar. Since we're talking about DC animated properties, have you ever checked out? Uh, did you ever check out Brave and the Bold? Um, the show? Yeah. Um, I saw a couple episodes. Yeah, I wasn't. It wasn't my cup of tea at the time which i was like very much into like dark broody batman i know a lot of people were turned off by the tone of it at yeah. first or or you know very much judging the book by its covers right um but i hear really great things about it and i also i i have caught like clips and i i it, it plays around or it's able to splash around in um with a bunch of other DC heroes that you wouldn't really expect, mm-hmm. which I think I really like. Yes. Um, um, so I'm sure I would be able to get into it. I am a big fan of Brave and the Bold. Cool. That was the last DC animated thing that I really keyed into. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, I really like this. And much like Young Justice, very pleasantly surprised by it. Because at first I was not not put off by the lighter tone uh, because like I'm a big fan of Batman 66 with Adam West. Yeah. So that didn't deter me. But, but not knowing... It's kind of not not really being able to click with what it felt like they were going for. Yeah. And then was pleasantly surprised to discover, oh, I actually really, really enjoy this. And they're doing something very specific, right? None of the ideas are totally unique, totally original, but they're doing something very specific and very, they're putting a, a specific touch on it. Yeah. And it's, and it's fun. It's funny. Um, you, and it, at, by the end of it, it gets a little bit emotional. Like the last episode kind of makes me tear up a little bit. Oh, really? It's good. It's a good show. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm at a place in my life that I could give it another try. Um, I was very much into like serialized content then. Right. Which and it is not. No, it is not. Um, and I also, um, no, no, nothing against like Diedrich who does the voice of Batman. Um, he was Oswald in the Drew Carey show. Um, I just, I wasn't used to hearing him as Batman. And so like my first reaction was not my Batman. Right. Um, this isn't Kevin Conroy at all. Right. Right. Which I, which I do get, but I grew to like his Batman a great deal. Yeah. Um, from like within the context of the show, I think he does a really great job. Yeah. Like, I think he does a great job on everything he does, but right, like, right. within the context, you, you know he what is, I'm saying. He is the right Batman for that show. Right. Um, all right. So, guys, if you have a chance to check out Young Justice, let us know what you think. Or if you're on the fence, hit us up on Missing Outcast, and we'll pitch it to you some more. Um, that's Missing Outcast on Twitter, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. You can also leave us a voicemail on the Missing Out hotline, which is 978-MISS-OUT. The number again is 978-MISS-OUT. Uh, but if you don't feel like talking to us as a collective, you can also talk to us individually on our personal social media. Uh, Lex, what's yours? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael, and I am on Instagram and Twitter at Tari J T A U R I J A Y. So hit us up. Let us know what you think about uh, Young Justice. If you love it, if you hate it, if you're like "fuck you, nerds" and your stupid nerd stuff, to which I would respond, rude. Um, but that is all we have for this week. This has been the retrospective that is introspective. And now you have a new perspective. Hell yeah. You gotta, gotta a new perspective. Oh yeah. You have, uh, have a, a wider range of understanding of the world around you than you did before. Hell yeah. Bye. 
Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wikiship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is pure editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts.